Today on the South CAC Syndicate Podcast, we've got owner and founder Les Walden from Les Walden Real Estate on. We're going to talk social media. We're going to talk marketing. We're going to talk investment strategy. We're going to talk social media strategy for your own company. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. What's up? I'm Jared. Kyle Voss. Welcome to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. I have a special guest today, Mr. Les Walden. Hey. Appreciate y'all having me here. Yeah. Yeah, where's, where's, our clap, where's our clap button there? We oh, still haven't got that going. Yeah, we need Les that. Walden. Real estate guru and more, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd go with more. So for people, I don't, I can't imagine anybody in the upstate listening to this that doesn't know who Les Walden is, seen a car, seen a van, yeah. seen a billboard. You know how I see Les? I see Les more than just a real estate guy. Because, you know, I've been around Les for years now. I don't know how long, 10 years, at least, 15 years. At least. He seems like a coach to me. He's like both sides of it, right? Whereas most, you know, most real estate folks you talk to, they're in, they know the houses, they sell and stuff, whatever. But they're not, they don't have like the coaching side. Uh, I appreciate you realizing that. I, I have been very fortunate in my life to have uh, great coaches in my life that have influenced me. Sure. And I've tried to do the same thing. Yeah. So have it, you coached uh, officially? Yeah. In your life? I, so, I have. Okay. I have. Maybe that's why I feel that then. Yeah. That's a good observation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not the sharpest guy either. I just, that's just, I, I picked that up from him. He you just got seems some, like that. You got some good EI reading there. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, for sure. So, Les, give us a little background. We know you're, you're a real estate, residential real estate guru, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Expert in the field. Give us hobbies. You know, what do you do on your off time? Stuff like that. Well, I'm, I'm a Clemson Tiger through and through. So, mm. a lot of, a lot of athletics at Clemson University. I am fortunate enough to live on Lake Kiwi. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, I, you know, I enjoy lake living mm-hmm. uh, like everybody else around here. Yeah. We, we have a good time doing that. And, and really just hanging out with friends. I, I love hanging out here. That When Kyle reached out and said, man, would you, would you do this? I was like, yeah, when? Yeah. yeah Sign man, me up. Just hanging out and, and talking. And maybe somebody gets something out of this that can help them. Down the road. Well, good. Well, let's just jump right into the, the meat of this thing, because I've got some questions. You got questions? I'm sure I will. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know where to start. I got My head is like a, just a box of coat hangers somebody dumped out, and you try to pick up one, and they all come with it. Yeah. You know? um, let's talk about market, right? I want to mm-hmm. see where we're at post-COVID. So, we've talked about this several times, and I love giving some getting everybody's opinion on this. So, we've seen just a, a baseline of, we'll call it 2019, right? 2020, you know, stays about the same. After COVID, just a huge uptick. And then we just saw a little bit of a drop. And then we're starting to baseline again. Is this the new baseline of where we're at? Or will we go back down to 2020? Uh, it's the new baseline. That's insane. I think that's that's our area, though, because I don't think we're hyperinflated like a lot of areas. You well, know, 2000, 2008, right? Like Miami and, and L.A. dropped like a ton of bricks. But whatever you find out is like come here for way cheaper. Not anymore. I think well, COVID caused our real estate to go up. But part what, are, of it. what are your thoughts? Part of it. I mean, it's interesting you should say that, that about we were had a baseline. So we'll call it pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And in 2020 and 2021 are rapidly becoming known as the unicorn years in real estate. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I'm using that phrase interesting. all over the country because I've been in it 28 years. 28 years right here. I've never seen anything like 2021 and 2022. I mean, they're like... Not only a unicorn, they're the pink unicorn. Is that because so much money flooded into the market? Absolutely not. It, it, it was more about supply. So our supply started being short 
in 2010, and we never called up, right? Why did it get short? Well, we went through this little thing that everybody called a real estate meltdown that was really a financial crisis. Yeah. And so people, builders stopped building, and we were running a million homes short a year from 2010, and we finally got back close to supplying the market in 2019. Yeah. And then what happened? COVID comes in. Right. And everybody decides. I can work from home. I can work from home. I can work from I don't want to be in the city. I want to be in the mountains. Well, and I think a lot of times what is happening is people were sacrificing their way of living to live close to work. And maybe they're renting or whatever. And I think once COVID happened and they realized that you could work from home and make a living, they're like, hey, if I'm going to work from home, I'm going to own that sucker and I'm going to do it the way I want. Sure. Versus kind of, you know, being cheap in town or in the city. I'm going to move out of the country where it's cheaper, own a house. Uh, it's 100%, you're 100% right. And it, it, that's become known as the great migration, right? More costly to live in Midwest, Chicago, mm-hmm. mid, in the Northeast, New yeah. York. Mm-hmm. You can move down here. Well, if you can work from home, why would I not move to where cost of living is half, taxes are half, yeah. and I can do what I want to do in a place that's nice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Our quality of life surpasses not, no other just about on this side of the Mississippi. I, I would tell you 100%. I didn't grow up here. I landed here because of Clemson University. How about that? And, and I call this is home, and I say every day I choose to do what I do here. Yeah. I'm a residential real estate specialist. I can do that anywhere in this country. That's right, but it's here that gives you quality of life and opportunity. Everything. It gives us all of it. I don't care if you're a mountain climber, yeah. you're, you're a rafter, yeah. a kayaker. It's why Greenville became the biggest software city for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City people, they were coming here. Greenville just blew up mm-hmm. because of the quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because of a cool Main Street, although it is a really cool Main <laughs> Street. But it's the surrounding of the upstate that mm-hmm. gives us the quality of life. That's why uh, large companies come and invest here. Yeah. That's why our economic alliance is so important, you know, to, we, to do that. We're very, very... Uh, we're positioned very well where we're at too because we're so close to snow. We're so close to the beach. Mm-hmm. We're at the foothills of the mountains. We got tons of water around us. We're a geographical oddity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when I when I grew up in California, we drove four hours to the nearest lake. Wow. And it sucked. Yeah. It was a mud hole. No, you know, it wasn't beautiful green. It was all brown. I mean, it's California. So when you say we're surrounded by water, this is a fact that very few people know. There's more shoreline mm-hmm. waterfront in Oconee County than on the entire state of South Carolina on the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, when people come to visit, that. so uh, just this last weekend was at a party, talking to some folks from Georgia, came up, yeah. had spent the whole day on the lake. And I'm talking, I'm like, yeah, you know, the lake's right here. And they're like, we're right next to the lake. I'm like, yeah, you could almost throw a rock mm-hmm. and hit the lake from where we're at. Sure. The thing that's weird about where we live is you literally drive around the lake all day long and don't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are. Oh, yeah, the main highways, yeah. All the main highways, until you cross a bridge, you don't even know, you didn't know you were just by the lake. Yeah. You know, because the way that there's so many trees and the hills, and you just don't see it till you till you hit it. I think if you took Joe Cassie and Kiwi out of the community, well, we wouldn't be where we are. I mean, we wouldn't. No. That is the quality of life here. It's part of it. Part. It, it, it's, but it's a big part. It's, it is. And, and the, the, um, Pricing on residential property from one side of the lake to the other and the north end and the south end. I've never seen a, a small area so diverse mm-hmm. from a $60,000 lot to a $900,000 lot yeah. on the same lake. Yeah. Right. Just crazy. Pricing. Almost be able to see it. 
yeah, know, from one to the that's other. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. HOA, no HOA. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So um, here's a different kind of question. Okay, so COVID hits, and then some of the, the husbands and wives, they quit or got laid off, or we saw that shift, and everybody started wanting to be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. What did that do to, I don't want to say, I guess the market, I guess, did you have, did your agents have to work harder for that? And, well, I've been in it long enough to see it, that rotation several times. So when the market was, we were in the unicorn years, mm-hmm. our local real estate population, real estate agent population more than doubled. Everybody, and everybody was making money. And everybody. Or, everybody thought they were awesome real estate agents. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, when you've got a great agent, somebody that's worked hard to be really good at this business, in those unicorn years, I don't know if Kyle Voss needed me during those two years, to be 100% honest with you. Right. You poke a sign in the yard, and yeah. by the time an agent could get back to the office, they had 12 offers. Yeah, if it hit the MLS, it had offers. Over right. purchase price. I uh, didn't see anything sell under. Nothing, yeah. nothing, or, or four. It was over. So, But now that the market's shifting, now that the market is becoming a little different. Tide, tide's going out a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and agents are starting to leave the market. Uh, they're starting to say, wait a minute, I am, I'm not making that money hand over fist. I might need to go look at a different career. But the agents that knew what they were doing prior to those unicorn years are still successful. They, they've been through it. We saw the same thing in the Airbnb world. Mm-hmm. We were in Airbnb pre-COVID. We know what we're doing. We're really good at it. And then everybody started buying their second homes here in Oconee County and saying, well, I can't cover all of that mortgage, so we're going to Airbnb it. Had no clue what they were doing, and within a year they were like, mm-hmm. either selling the house or having somebody manage the property, mm-hmm. which only made our business go up. Competition breeds revenue. I think in cases like COVID, the unicorn years, you either adapt or die. Those agents that are just skating by or just making fifty, sixty thousand a year, they're out. Yeah, you get somebody hungry that wants to come into market. You have to. Competition breeds revenue. You have to step up your game, or you're out. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's a good. Uh, not filtration, just a good cycle just to get some of the trash out, some new blood in and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want a beer? No, you, we're good. I'll I think take, just Jared needs one. one. Thanks. Yeah, yeah um, see, we're not, we're not that official here on the podcast. We just, I, I see that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, just it's saw fate. I just saw fate and somebody <laughs> saying you need beer. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing that some of those agents cycle through. Right. I, it's definitely not. I mean, and those ones that can stick with it, like you said, mm-hmm. they appreciate that they're still in it and they're still the best at the, what they do in right. the market. And they've got a business; they're running a business. They didn't jump into it because it was just a good time being. And that's right. How how big is the Les Walden team? Tell us a little bit about your uh, your house. Right? Okay. Right. All right. So my team right now we have uh, six agents uh, that that are out every day helping buyers and sellers. Uh, we're growing that number. It's a great time for me to do that. Uh, because there's a lot of brokerages out there that don't help their agents understand the business. Mm-hmm. They don't help them create a business plan for themselves. And we, we specialize in that. Uh, I've, yep. I've known for that around the country. People bring me in to help their agents sure. in different places. What's crazy is uh, Kutu cut his teeth with, with Liz. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, every That was his first job. So did Fink. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Kutu didn't even I don't know if he had his license I think he was just showing houses for you or something oh no he had a license did he yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know so he he literally was there learned a bunch mm-hmm. then then moved on mm-hmm. learned a bunch moved on I guess he's done it four times now three four mm-hmm. times yeah. three times yeah. yeah 
Is the real estate game kind of like the car dealership game? You're going to work there until you either get got all your friends and family and then you're going to go to a different firm? Or do you have like 20-year veterans at your your brokerage? Um, right now, the longest I've got with me has been with me for about 12 years and does in a phenomenal business. Uh, by himself, did 103 deals last year. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a big year. I, there's there's nobody else doing 103 deals. Nobody. It's crazy. Nobody. Yeah. So that's it, uh yeah. that's one every three days. He's closing what two or three on Fridays. Uh yeah. yeah well, end a, of the, the last banging. week. Last week of the month's always exciting. Yeah, it's always <laughs> on a Friday for some reason yeah. too. Huh? Oh yeah, that last week of the month. I don't know how that ever happened in real estate where everybody wants to close at the end of the month, but they do. And tax so, is tax reasons, I think, right? It's prorations. They want their payment, payment to start payment. on the first with the rest of their bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's easy to break up the tax the tax yeah. bill, too, sure. or something. Right. Well, it's it's well, prorations, proration. It's daily. It's but, by, right. by day. Yeah, okay. it's daily, but, you know, a lot of people, your, your, your payments are in arrears. You know, we're one of the few things you get to pay for after you own it. Everything else you're paying for in advance. So if you close June 30th, you don't have a payment until August 1st. Yeah. Right, so hmm. people look at it that way. It's it's six one half. People think that, but if you close, you're gonna get some interim interest. You close fifteenth a month, but you don't have a payment for forty five days. Yeah, you see a lot of payment buyers. Not anymore. Where'd the money come from? Because we all saw it. Yeah, where did where did it actually when when interest rates were so low, there was more money here than you thought. Because more like, more went to principal, more what more were moving up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a two hundred thousand dollars house and interest rates are three percent, I can get a thirty year mm-hmm. payment for about the same thing. Why don't I buy four hundred thousand? Yeah, Fair <laughs> now enough. now going like, backwards. You were talking about the tail of our market, right? Mm-hmm. You're like on the lake, you can be in one spot and it's That's this, right. and another spot and it's this. A lot of that money comes from elsewhere, and you'd be surprised how much of that money is second home money. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I would think most yeah. of the stuff on the upper end of the lake is second home because there's nothing up there. Pretty much north end is second home. If yeah. you're going to live up in a cliff, you're going to live in a reserve. Honestly, there, as you said, there's nothing, right? There's no grocery stores. There's no, you ain't going out. You're going to eat right there. So no jobs. And that's no, a great second home. Those world. aren't your clients anyway, really. Not not 100%. We do yeah. some work up there, but no, I would say that's 10% of our business. Yeah. Oh, David Hurst. That's my buddy now. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got the lockdown at the reserve. and does a great job with those guys. It's, but, it's, uh, and the it's north a, end is such a... Different, yeah. yeah. You would think it's a different lake. You cross under that bridge, it you're is a different, you're lake. A different, yeah. yeah a different that, lake. You're talking about the Duke Power Bridge, yeah. That's what everybody calls the Duke Power Bridge, yeah. yeah. I think of the Duke Power Bridge as the tall one behind the buoys. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. The one you but jumped yeah, off it, of, I didn't jump off of it, but uh, okay, yeah, I heard stories, yeah, okay. But that's pretty much the halfway point of the yeah. lake, the one we're talking about there on 130. Yeah. And so why are pricing, take out the Cliffs and Reserve, mm-hmm. why is pricing, and I'm, I'm, I'll just say a million dollar difference mm-hmm. from a house outside of one of those complexes to a house on the south end when the south end has grocery, shopping, walkability, and the north end has a long drive. I can tell you a little bit of that, and you can you tell me if I'm correct or not, but the houses in the reserve are built different. I'm not, take out the reserve and the Cliffs. Oh, oh okay, my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it, the difference in what people are paying for is lifestyle. So they, they don't want walkability. You, you, well, they do. But if you want to buy in the cliffs of the reserve, you're buying a lifestyle. That's right. But we're not we're not talking right, about right, take that out. Yep. But all right. But if you take those out of the north end, yeah. take them out. You're not seeing a whole lot of difference between south and north end then in pricing. Okay. Take those guys out of the game. All of a sudden, we lost that seven million dollar home. Sure. Well, we don't even see those homes. Very often, 
pop up on MLS. They're in theclips.com, thereserve.com. On Zillow, mm-hmm. they're not there. You go to one of their websites, though, and it's like, bye, 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 bye. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and there, again, people are buying lifestyle. Those, those homes up there, you'd be surprised how many people are buying three to $6 million homes, second homes. Yeah. Or third homes or you fourth know, homes. I will say, too, it's the only place on the lake you get golf and water. Well, Kiwi Key. Oh, that's true. Kiwi Key. Yeah, and Kiwi Key is definitely not. Well, I guess it's coming around now, huh? It's it, That's an interesting animal. I was going to say. Know, they spent about $14 million a few years ago. It's and, coming around. And, and I'm going to tell you what. It, it It is the best deal in our market right now. That's, what that's another place I guarantee you, you could be sitting in one house and you could look across the street and see a totally different house probably. You see something from the 70s on one side and, and something that's totally well, new. We're, we're to that point, even on Kiwi, where we're buying a ranch-style home built you know, to 20 years after the lake was built. Because the house is so cheap, we're bulldozing that house and building our forever home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or a full-blown remodel. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, they're spending hundreds I'm and seeing hundreds. people buy homes, and then they're dropping a quarter of a million plus on a remodel. Yeah. When I, I, was, mean, I, I did. When I was in California, they would take and tear the whole house down, but the wall that the meter sat on. Because it was uh, considered a remodel. Dis- you couldn't disconnect the power. No, it was considered a remodel. If you did that, in California, the taxes and everything is crazy sure. expensive, right? Just to break ground out there, I think it's 30 grand. Whereas out here, it's like three grand or mm. eight grand or something. But they would tear the whole house down, put the wall that the meter sat on, and then build a whole new house, and they would consider a remodel. That sounds like something Hugh would do. Like, for sure. I think he's doing it right now in is Arkansas. He? Yeah. Doing so a take, remodel. Take the whole house down, left the wall, the meters and breaker boxes on, yeah. and then built around it. Right, that's what, but, you know, people figure out how to get around things. Around the system, yep. Yeah. You have to. You, I mean, we do it on Main Street all the time. Every you day. have to figure out a way to do the system. And it's not that we want to do wrong, but in business or in your household, you've got to come up with a way to pinch. Well, a household's business too, right? It should be. Yeah. I mean, everything you buy should be an investment. <laughs> Somebody's going to sell it. Well, you might not. Yeah. Somebody that's right. will. That's right. Well, and you can, it could be an investment in your happiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Your mindset, mindset, right? Investing your, in ourselves by that extra. Yeah. Pool. But I will say, if you invested in something that's going to continue to give back, that will help your mindset as well. Sure, <laughs> down the road. Sure. So tell me where uh, where the market's going to go from here. Well, it, you know, and, and and include the the banking side too. Okay, all right. That's that's a, that's a great situation there. So from a market standpoint, let's say availability. The biggest issue we're struggling with in in real estate, residential real estate, is inventory. It's just so tight. Even in, with interest rates going up as much as they did, they more than doubled. Y'all know that. Yeah. And yeah, that took some buyers out of the market. You know, if you qualified to buy a home at 3%, you might not qualify to buy it at 7 It did take some demand out, but the inventory is so tight, we are still seeing multiple offers on properties. So demand's still higher, even though it's come down, still higher than... It's still higher in inventory. I don't know how you catch up. Depending on which... Uh, economist, which person that studies real estate you listen to, we're anywhere from 2.5 to 6 million homes short in this country. You don't make that up. Yeah. you don't, And that all started back in 2010, right? So it took us many years to get here. What, 13? Yeah. We ain't going to dig out of that hole from an inventory perspective. So that's going to keep pricing up. Now, is it going to be like the unicorn years? No, we're we don't put them on the market now and get 20 offers in 24 hours. But we do get multiple offers. 
we still get two or three offers. Yeah. And and I looked at some of the numbers before I came up here today, and I, the Western Upstate MLS, we're still averaging ninety nine percent ask list price to sales price. There's no negotiating going on. Does that go for dirt as well? Not as much for dirt, mm-hmm. um, but it's still close, right? It's still close. So, but dirt's a little bit more um, negotiable. What where, where we're seeing negotiation now because we don't have the twenty offers. You know, when we were getting twenty offers, people were saying no appraisal, no home inspection, no nothing. I just got you a wad of money. Yep. Let's just close. And now what we're seeing is buyers at least have the opportunity to do a home inspection. They at least have the opportunity to not waive an appraisal contingency, but they're not being able to. They're still stuck on the price. They're still not, yeah. you know, they're not going to come in and get them to come off their price. So that's that's the market in general. Inventory is going to keep our pricing up. Okay, where do I see interest rates? Again, looking at the there, there's six major economists, market strategists that I pay attention to that that all they focus on is real estate. What we can't figure out right now, what they can't figure out, because they're a whole lot smarter than me, is the average yield spread between the 10-year treasury and the 30-year mortgage rate over the last 30 years has been 172 basis points. We're at 322 right now. You know why that is, though? I think I can tell you why. I think the Fed wants to kill our – they want to kill it. Mm -hmm. So they're waiting for, say, housing to turn Mm -hmm. or the market to turn. And they're like – you know, they probably thought they were going to raise the interest rates to what they are now, and they thought that that would have done it. But since it hasn't, they're like, okay, maybe we need another 25 basis, point, basis points. Well, again, we're looking at an average from the 10-year treasury to the 30-year mortgage rate, right? The Fed doesn't really control that. They don't control that, but I think, don't you think that, you know, because the treasury, what the treasury bonds are not, you know, because that's what the 10-year is, is mm-hmm. a treasury bond, right? Mm-hmm. It's a 10-year note that you can basically buy from the from the government. Doesn't that basically, because I know that that is very uh, telling on the economy. Right. Where that thing goes, and I don't know what means what. I just know that it means something. Mm -hmm. But I think when they, I think what's happening is, you know, these rates are way higher than they probably need to be, which is why the treasuries, treasury bonds are looking crazy. Mm -hmm. But the market hasn't turned yet. But what, what what market hadn't turned? The stock market hadn't turned. Like we had a huge, we just had a huge month. The the mm-hmm. housing market hadn't turned yet. Mm-hmm. So what they're what's happening is the treasury the treasury notes are reflecting the interest rate hikes, but the market of housing and stocks aren't. See, I don't mind interest rate hikes. Yeah, I mean, I get to I get to deduct all that. Yeah, right. And if I don't have that to deduct, I end up cutting a check to the IRS. So. And then people like uh, when my parents built their first house, it it was they got a great deal at seventeen percent. Like yeah. they thought they got free you, money. It, it would affect you if you had a, a if some of your real estate around here. If you had a flexible note, yeah. And then at some point, the tenant wasn't paying that interest that you're saying you can deduct. And we don't put ourselves in that position. Well, that's that's where you're it matters, better, though. Better, but you're smarter in business. Sure. Now, yeah, right? sure. Yeah, so. But again, the the ten year tre- that spread is is over three hundred points. Right. So if if it was at the what it'd been for the last thirty years, we'd be about five and a half percent. And I think that's where we'll be. I think we'll see a drop before we see another increase. Well, the other thing I think is happening too is they know they're going to have to pump some more money back in, and so I think they're they're almost sandbagging a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, the more this can go up without affecting the markets, 
the better off we are because then we can give it back to them when we need to. Right. Right. Well, that, 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 that's not freedom. <laughs> it's not, but you know, they got, when they were down three, 3%, like they didn't have much in their bag to play. Mm-hmm. You know, if we went through, we went through COVID and, and they didn't really have much to give us back. I refinanced, I refinanced most of my stuff at two and a half locked. Mm-hmm. And I thank God every day that I had yeah. the opportunity to do that. Loving life, aren't because, you? Because, man, because every point after 2.5 goes up, I make money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, doesn't bother me a bit. And I, and I hear people say, I'm not buying an investment property because interest rates are at 6%, but they will max out their freaking credit cards at 22 and a half. And I'm going, really? What are you talking about? Or, you know, unfortunately, and I, nothing against my car dealer buddies, but yeah, I get I, it. I read something the other day where the average payment on a new car is 1000 bucks. It's crazy. I can't buy a new truck. Like, I usually get a tr- new truck at every 80,000 miles. You know, I either sell mine private or trade it in, mm-hmm. pay for the other one, and I'm good for another 80,000 miles. I can't find a tr- I can literally, no joke, buy a rental house for the price of a new Chevy 1500 Silverado yeah. LTC. And that, that rental house will pay you. And the rental house pays me yeah, back. Yeah. The truck ain't paying you nothing. Nothing. It doesn't. Yeah. We can ride it off, but that's just a... Throw money you away. You know, it's a depreciation. So I don't mind... I, the, I heard one day the richest the richest guy on the construction the construction company making the most money is the foreman that drives a beat up his truck yeah said a bunch of fancy new ones yeah so alright so I want to mix it up a little bit we've talked you know real estate all the stuff you know really well mm-hmm. but we also know that you just recently got a Facebook page mm-hmm. yeah what maybe like two months ago <laughs> and it's been uh, Facebook's up for 13 years now or They've something. They've created three new businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so after break, we're going to kind of talk about how you built a huge business without, you know, succumbing to what everybody says you have to do in, in these times. And then we're going to talk you know, some of the new stuff that Facebook's doing. All right, cool. We'll be right back with Les Walt. Let's face it. Shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So, you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? And we're back with Les Walden. So, uh, we left this break talking social media. Well, we, we were talking real estate. And we said we were going to get into I think social media. Teased social media. Yeah. Is that what that's called? Teasing it. So I don't know. I will, we'll say three months ago, I get a friend request from Les, and I'm like, well, that's got to be spam. <laughs> he, that's like, a he, somebody hacked his account. Somebody, no, no it's a, it's somebody a, started an account for this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he never had. That's an what account. everybody thought. Yeah. And so I think I think correct me if I'm wrong. Les's first post was, "Yes, it's me." I now have a Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that was my truly my first post. And the, the day it went live, exactly what you said, between Robert on my team and Melissa, my better half, they got 45 messages from people saying, <laughs> so is, somebody, that real? is this list? Somebody's hacking. Somebody's created a Facebook. And she said, she finally put out too, no people. It's, it's really real. him. He did it. He did it. Which is insane because so we in a, in a social iPhone Android world now surely your business had a Facebook page maybe sure okay and you just decided at some point you were like gosh I got to see what this thing's about mm-hmm. like you're just entering into the you know this well, decade I mean you want me to be real honest yeah about it? so I've got a personal coach I have a coach sure. business coach real yep. estate coach and he 
he kept on me. He said, dude, why are you not on social media? He said, and I said, dude, I don't need it. Everybody knows me. And I don't need them to know when I go to the bathroom. I don't, he said, do you not know it's a business tool? And he just kept hammering. And he finally, finally said to me. Personal brand. Get, he, well, he said, get over your freaking self, man. Mm-hmm. You're not that important. Create the account. You can communicate at scale with yeah. that. And so I, I did it. And it's, I, I use it. Uh, I don't. I I don't run down that rabbit hole. No, I don't either. Yeah, I I, I rarely post on my Facebook. Well, if you go look on my Facebook, every post is something that Heather posted and, and tagged me in it. Yeah. Like I don't post none of my own stuff. Uh, yeah. So let me. I don't know if y'all gonna put this out there, but I'm gonna say this. So hey, do you oh, look it's out there? Do you look at it as a business tool or as a business tool? Hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely not. So that's what I'm looking at as a business tool. It's 100% a business tool, and it allows me to communicate at scale. So if you look at what I'm posting, 90% is business-related. So my personal page is just my personal page. Now I have business accounts for other businesses that I have. They have a Facebook or an Instagram. I think what he's asking, though, is like I have a personal page that I never post on. Mm -hmm. I have a business page. That that's all I post on. Mm-hmm. So if you if you ask me how I use Facebook, I'm gonna say as a oh, business for tool, sure. right? Yeah, my personal page, I don't look at it as a business tool. I'll share what some of the other businesses does on my page, but you know, Twitter was a thing, but now Threads mm-hmm. released last night, which mm-hmm. is a whole new platform. Are yeah, you on when, Instagram? When the, when, yeah, it's tied though, right? Facebook uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, Threads and Instagram, Facebook. Right. So let me ask you this: Who's gonna win the fight? I got I got an Ooh. opinion on this. I think they both grow in their own. Uh, no, no, no. He's wrong talking fight, about dude. literal. Oh, They're oh, literally oh, going to oh. fight. Listen, Zucks is a legit jiu-jitsu guy. I heard that. Legit. I heard I know that. He is a... But I, you know that Elon's training with an MMA it wouldn't, guy. It wouldn't surprise me if Elon is is well. I just know for a fact that... And I'm not a Zucks fan, mm-hmm. but he's a legit uh, jiu-jitsu guy. I did hear that. So Dana White was sitting in his living room when the tweet went dude, that's out. That's going to be the biggest... That'll be the biggest moneymaker. Zuckerberg calls... Dana White, and he said, is, is Musk for real? And mm-hmm. Dana said, I think so. He's like, well, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. If this is going to happen, you're yep. the guy. Like, how would you like to be Dana White at, at any Promoting point in life, right, but yeah. right now? Well, Promoting what's, that. what's funny, oh though, what's funny, though, is he probably thought that, like, the McGregor-Mayweather thing was the biggest thing he'd ever do. Oh, yeah. And, and these, the last two, thing, these two guys aren't even fighters. The last thing on his in his mind was like a Zucks versus Elon fight. That's probably going to do three times what. But you know, we can all relate to that fight. Oh yeah, because we're not professional fighters. No, and right. they aren't either. So, so Dana says one hundred percent this is going to happen. Okay, what's the ramifications of a loss? I don't think it matters because I think they're doing it for charity. So in their eyes, it's it like is, it is for charity. Yeah. But still, you you're a team team this or team that all your life, right? Like even in some of the movies or the Twilight Saga, mm-hmm. you're team this or team that. I don't even remember what they are. But are you are you team Zuckerberg or team Musk? No, I'm an Elon fan. Less? Uh, probably Elon. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I, th- Elon, I think because yeah. he's so on so many different levels. Yeah, I'm with you. He's probably the, one of the best minds slash operators of our generation. But what if they get damaged? I don't think it's going to be that kind of fight. Oh, I think it will be an all-out. Oh, I think they'll do. It. I don't think it. They, think I don't think be, either one of them hit you hard enough to hurt you. Yeah, you think it's gonna be blood? No, I don't think so. I think it's gonna be like a a jujitsu match with maybe some punching, but like soft. 
I don't know, you guys. Let us know your thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you watch this on YouTube, I want to read some of these threads. Elon or Zucks? Yeah. What yeah. camp are you in? Who are yeah. you pulling for? Team. Email us. Give us some feedback. We are curious to see which team you're pulling for. Yeah, because right now Elon's up three to zero. <laughs> so we're waiting for more votes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need some Zucks to, to step Somebody up needs here. to step up, take the side, or this betting game's going off. No doubt. So, Les, you may not be in on, on the next few minutes of this, but I'm curious. Threads released yesterday, and this all kind of started because Les just jumped on the Facebook train. Kyle, give me your thoughts on Threads versus Twitter, which is still a Musk versus Zuckerberg sort of thing. It is. So this is where I see it happening. I think uh, today's Twitter is mostly business oriented, right? It's 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 high. It's large thinkers, big thinkers. They're posting these threads within Twitter. Um. Those guys typically aren't on Instagram. So they already have a following on Twitter, right? So for them to go start a Threads account and then maybe they kind of maybe they do the same on both on both accounts just to kind of grow both. But I think they focus on their Twitter cuz that's where their following is. Versus somebody like me who has no Twitter following, mm-hmm. but I already got 25,000 Instagram followers. Sure. It's easy for me to then start a Threads, transfer all those followers over and now I have instant people that I can right. you know, tweet to or Thread to or whatever you want to call it, well, um, but now I'm not I'm not a Twitter guy, so I think that you're gonna have two totally separate camps. I think they both get big. I don't think one takes over the other. I think he's right. And and when you were saying that, so I'm on Twitter. How about that? How about that? <laughs> but you know what? I, I follow industry leaders in real estate on Twitter. Right. It's straight up business. So most, up. most of my Twitter is the same. They're right. fi- finance guys, economists. Right. That's the kind of stuff you see on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I follow at least. All right. my friends that jumped on the Twitter bandwagon back in 2009, 2010, that's when Twitter was kind of popping. Mm-hmm. Those guys hadn't posted since 2010. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't understand it, whatever. I'm, I'm on Twitter every day. It's where I usually get my news, mm-hmm. uh, my market stuff. Like Twitter is a reliable platform for me for that. Right. I've only got like, I don't know, under 400 followers on Twitter. Yeah. Like not much. But all the new stuff that Musk has put in of the data scraping and the limiting of the number of tweets you can see, the limiting of number of tweets you can send, like he just throttled back Twitter, which probably needed to be done but he put too many parameters in when zuck releases threads to say go yeah, i still think they both live in the, in the universe and yeah different, i, I different think fields. he's right i think i I'd never thought about it i didn't think about it that way when it came out but i'm thinking i think i think fun business yes i think fun. influencer mm-hmm. and business yeah I and think news right. and whatever on twitter yeah. and then all your influencers that are just like saying because that's how i stay on top of what the the six and, you know, we talked about it earlier in real estate, the six top economists. I follow all of them. I see what yeah. they tweet every day. And it may actually it. help Twitter because there may be less noise. And you might be right. You know? So I'm going to pull up my phone right quick. I hopped on threads this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Early adopter. And I was number. <laughs> it tells you what number you are? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even. There's, uh, there's too many numbers. I think it's going to be 21 million 192 or 192,944. Already. I was your 21 number. That's million. your number. I'd love to see somebody pop in right now because I guarantee you. I'll do it when we leave. I bet you it's like a hundred yeah. or a billion, right? So I think it was averaging a million downloads the first hour it came out. 
Wow. Every hour. And now it's compounding. So now it's $2 million an hour, $3 million yeah. an hour. And everybody's going to end up doing this until they figure it out. The problem is, if you don't like it, you can't. Ju- Once you accept threads, you can't delete just threads. It'll delete your Instagram account yeah, because they are yep. connected. Wow. So one of the things that people don't realize too is that uh, Meta has also already they've already launched something that competes with TikTok. Mm-hmm. With uh, they've, they've released like four or five apps that that were designed uh, to compete against shorts, uh, shorts, all of them, uh, and none of them succeeded. And these are totally separate apps, very much like Threads. Now, Threads will probably be a little bit different because people understand it. You know, when you're trying to compete with TikTok, it's like, why would I do that? I can just go to TikTok, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think what uh, Meta released that competed with YouTube Shorts is you got a social media versus a search platform, mm-hmm. right? YouTube, uh, YouTube is not a social media platform. It's a search platform. It's a search. It's, it's number one. Search. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So number, is it number two behind number two, Google. Two, yeah, and Google owns them. Sure. So I mean, really. So it's search versus social media, and that's why that one probably didn't fly. But this this might work yeah. for how them. many how many app, how many social apps do we need to post the same picture on? Uh, we don't need them at all. It, I think the the the, the the problem is, is that, especially in the business side of it, right? If, especially if you're an influencer or, you know, you're making money doing this, you feel like you have to venture out in every one of them, right? You have to have some kind of present right. presence everywhere. If you're just the average person, you just go to what you enjoy mm-hmm. and you don't need the rest of them. So they already said threads is not for business. Yeah. So, and that's what they're going after a different market. They are. Which I think is the right thing to do. So tell me a little bit about how you use social media, bef- your company, before you got your personal Facebook page. How important for lead, a lead generator was social media, including LinkedIn? Okay, great question. I mean, that, that's phenomenal because so many people uh, in the business world don't understand the lead gen side of a social media platform, right? And I didn't, so I reached out to an expert. Uh, the guy I subscribe to that's a friend now is Jason Pantana. And he focuses on social media platforms for real estate, right? Sweet. I do. Yep. yep. So, I'm a big proponent of let's reach out to an expert. Can't, oh, me too. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't shorten be. learning curve. Yep. 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 So, um, the so, social media for business allows you to um, communicate and influence, if you will, uh, larger numbers of people at a time. So, what I did to build my business is the same thing that social media does now at scale. Like, I used to teach and call and spend three hours a day on the telephone. My goal was 100 phone calls a day, right? What? 100 a day. And normally could pull that off in about three and a half hours. Just straight up cold calling? Not cold calling. You'd already, you already had it. Grabbed a business card or... Warm. Warm. Something. Yeah. Warm, gotcha. right? Lukewarm at least, you know? They, they at least knew who less I, w- I wasn't... Right. Even though I was in business when a phone book existed, I, I wasn't just flipping through that. So it, there was a reason I was calling, but that's how I built my business. Well, social media does the same thing at scale, right? If you've got 25,000 followers... Yeah. How long would it take you to make 25,000 phone calls? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you, but you put something out right. there, and all of a sudden, they all see it. Right. So I have a distinct or very detailed plan of what I'm doing on social media every day. Every okay. day. I can tell you exactly what it is. Ten likes, five comments, two DMs, two posts. Yep. Just be consistent. consistent. That's a business plan. It's Say funny. That, to, hold on. Say that again. 
your your social media routine every day. Ten likes, five comments, two DMs, two posts. So you're liking at least ten other posts. Mm-hmm. You're commenting at least five other posts. Mm-hmm. You're direct messaging two people. Right. And the last one? Two posts. And you're going to do two posts in, in your industry. Now, yes. are those educational style posts? It could be. Most of what I'm putting out right now are videos, yeah. what I call pro tips. Yeah, yeah that's a great um, way to go. I mean, that's yeah. how I got started. His market. So it, you came out of the gate. It's like, here's what Seneca Market's doing today. Average median home, average median sale. Right. Da, 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 And it was just like, oh, finally. Yeah. Somebody's telling me somebody's somebody giving made. good information out here. Yeah. Not just this house is available. I like, just sold this one. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. great. Congratulations. Yeah. We love celebrating wins for every industry and everybody. But the analytic side, like this is where your you're bringing, market you're is. You're bringing value, which yeah. is the most important thing. Absolutely. Big that, we deal. call that a market snapshot. That, that's a yeah. big yeah. deal. You can hear it. Most realtors know it. They just don't put it into a picture post mm-hmm. that's a visual tool right. for investors like us that say, oh, Oh, and over the next year, this particular zip code is is poised to go eight point six percent up in yeah. value. Yeah. Like, that's a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Bringing value is the number one key, without to question. Media. And then, of course, you just focus on your industry. Yeah, right. Just focus on your industry. What advice do you have for somebody who is not a realtor mm-hmm. or currently a realtor but wants to be their own broker house? What advice do you have for anybody in the real estate sales market, not the investor side, just the real estate sales market? Hmm. That's a I, that's a phenomenal question. So if if somebody was getting into my industry right now, I would tell them don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. What do I mean by that? Don't get into the business and be that agent that does everything for everybody. You need to get on a team and let and that shortens learning curve. Yeah. Like you know, it shortens the learning curve. We spend a lot of time training at our office. So spending time with the agents and saying, this is what, let's focus. Like I helped an agent today develop their next 90-day business plan, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? What do you want to do? Your goals, how many deals? Or actually, I help them relate it to something they want to do. Deals, what, what, which pillars of business are we going to use to get there? What's our strategy? What, how are we going to develop that, those pillars? And what's our, what's our daily schedule look like? So, so do you, because, you know, I think where a lot of people fail is they count their goals as, say, deals. Mm-hmm. But, but in my personal opinion, you should count, like, showings or the, the things that lead to deals, right? right? You, mean, you mean the more hands you shake, the more money you well, make. For sure. So what I, what I teach is conversations lead to appointments and appointments lead to there deals. You go. Right? There you mm-hmm. go. That's right. So you got to be able to tell your story. If, if I'm just putting out something on social media... If it's not leading to me having a conversation, which leads to me having an appointment face-to-face yeah. and yeah. then leads to my deal, then I'm just kind of wasting time. Right? There's, there's a guy that we know, me and Jared actually just uh, you know, met with him a little bit on a, on a local deal that didn't go through, but uh, Tim Brotts, you familiar with Tim Brotts? Mm-hmm. South Carolina boy. His whole business is a social media business. Mm-hmm. And the leads that he comes through, actually, I'm, I'm a part of a Facebook, a private Facebook page that he has got. And, and what happens is people get on there and they say, hey, look, I got this deal. We're going to syndicate this deal. I need some LPs. I need some GPs, whatever. And so then everybody else that's in that list says, ah, oh, send me the info. I'm interested or whatever. And so like there's deals happening and it doesn't even have anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's no, just a right. marketplace for people to mm-hmm. communicate and talk. And 
but yeah. he's the guy. But he's the guy that he's started the umbrella. It. Yeah, he's connecting he's the umbrella. people. Yeah, yeah. The, the most powerful position to be in is a connector. Yeah. Well, the, the, I've said that for decades. Yeah. Look, the middleman is the most important man. Everybody wants to cut the middleman out, but he's the guy who is connecting this guy to that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a middleman for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, people, like, you don't have to be the seller or the buyer, but the one who connects people and puts people together will right. always be the more successful person. Well, Absolutely. what people don't people don't know is that group that he's had he has. There may be a deal where. Uh, when somebody posts something, it doesn't go live instantly. His team looks at it first. <laughs> to see if they want a piece. Yes. That's right. You know, there's, there's a moderator in there that yeah. gets to look at that stuff and make sure it's acceptable to go out. And then if they're not interested, it goes oh, on. not even acceptable to go out, but do they want they, a piece? They That's why it gets there. Right. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. look at it. They say, does this make sense for us? If it doesn't, they let it post. If it does, they just hit the dude up and say, hey. Sure. Now, here's a, here's a, a B part of that question. Not that you don't sell commercial real estate, so I, I want to stick to just residential. Mm-hmm. What are you telling the investor who thinks flipping houses may be a good deal right now, or I want to get into some rentals? Like, what do you tell that person? Are you looking for income or wealth? Sure. That's the first question. Are you looking for income or wealth? Cha-ching. If we want to flip, we're looking for an income. That's right. I got it. You got to tell me, Jared, what's our goal first? Yeah. And then me and you will develop that plan to put that together. You want to build wealth, don't sell it. So if, you, if you're telling me you want to generate income, well, let's find the right house. We got to buy it. The income is made when you buy it. It's not That's made right. when you sell it. We got to right. buy it. We got to know what we're putting into it. And then we got to know what the market's going to bear when we finish it. Right? That's an easy process. What are we buying it for? What are we putting in it? What are we selling it for? Three steps. If you're wanting to build wealth, then I'm going to ask you another question. Do we want an ROI today, or are we going to build it on the appreciation? Mm-hmm. You can't find me a time long-term that real estate has not appreciated. I agree with yeah. that. So if you say, well, Les, I'm not 100% worried about ROI. I want it to cover itself. Let That's me right. cover it. I just, if it covers, I'm cool with it. I'll make money I'll let, later. I'll let somebody. I'm gonna, I'm, that's me. That you're you're speaking my Chief language. Chief Equity Officer. I'm CEO. Chief <laughs> Chief Equity Officer. Right. Chief Equity Officer. <laughs> Chief Chief but, Equity. But when it comes time to cash in, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll be sitting pretty, and you know, I'm making money. I'm not. Everybody else pays my real estate bills, right. not me. Right. And it puts money in my pocket every yeah. day. Well, so I mean, it's like, do you know anybody invests in the stock market? And that, they put they put twenty grand in. They want it to be a hundred grand over a period of time. See, I like, what what if I could ahead. tell you, you put twenty grand in, I don't have to worry about the appreciation. I'm gonna let somebody pay for that hundred thousand dollar asset for you. Yeah, I'm gonna let them buy I'm the stock. All in yeah. on that. All right, so real quick too, because I want to go here, throw back to like episode two, or something. What do you think about um, wholesaling? Wow, you'd what's ask, your thoughts on wholesaling? This episode two, two or three or something. Yeah, we had uh, Rhea. Yeah, Rhea Smith on. Uh-huh. Who had different opinions on she wholesaling? The idea of wholesaling. As, as Kyle and I did. Like, if you see an abandoned house, can you just put an R an LOI that says, you know, this house has been empty, you got weeds mm-hmm. growing, you got a stack of tickets on your front door, screen door. I give you twenty grand for it, mm-hmm. and yeah. you flip that contract with somebody else. Hey, if it works for you, do it. Let me tell you who can't do it. Me, yeah, real estate agents because I got a license that I and I got a code of ethics and I got all these, which things. which is probably why she didn't like the idea. Probably. Probably. I mean, she's... There she's is a smart, ethics she, in real estate. She's a, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, that's hard to believe. Sure. 
she's she's a smart girl. She's a smart girl, and she and and it's hard for somebody that carries a real estate license to live in that world. Yeah, right. Uh, I've had agents try to do it, and I tell them, dude, you, you plant a fire, you gonna you gonna get burned soon. Yeah. So, and so, but I don't have a problem with it. if you're willing to do that. Where where a lot of people that live in that world. They don't disclose everything. We're talking about yeah. the we buy houses guys, right, right? Right. They don't disclose everything. And so what you end up having is, let's say, uh, dad passed away. Somebody needs to unload a house real quick. They don't disclose how much it's actually worth. Right. They first lie to them about the true value. The second, don't really explain that if I can't find a buyer for my contract, I'm not buying your house. Yeah. So three months down the road, you leave them hanging. They're hanging, yep. and the person couldn't really afford to hang on it for three months. They could have they could have listed it traditionally right. and sold it and be done with it, right? Yeah, and and so that's the only issue. But I think I, I, well, I don't I think, have a problem with the industry. I think there's another bad issue though that most people don't realize either is that most of those wholesalers sell to the Black Rocks in the. So if you if you want a bunch of a real estate in your local community owned by non-local people, wholesaling is probably not what you want to do. Yeah. You see, there's a difference in the we buy houses guys and me seeing a house that hits, you know, seven hours on market mm-hmm. and me going, I want to tie that up on due diligence. Mm-hmm. Because I know that's a hot property and somebody's going to call me because I've got it under contract and say, I'll give you 30 grand for the contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll sell contract. All day long for thirty grand, not touch the house, the closing, nothing. All you did was write up a deal. That's exactly right. You, you, we just said it earlier. You became the middleman. Yeah, you, connect, exactly you right. connected two people together. That's right. I know a guy who would buy this. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. He's selling it, and that's know, what most. And that's up. what most of those wholesalers do. They've got a a portfolio of dudes that are looking to buy stuff. They don't have enough time to go look at every property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Interesting. It's, it's not a bad industry. It's just. Somebody with a real estate license has a hard time in that industry. Sir, I would ask you how technology is going to affect real estate, but you just got a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it's going to affect it. I know that. Let's just so, so, I didn't live in that world. So tell me about, so I, not that I want to bring up KW, right? But I heard somewhere a long time ago that uh, Keller Williams is not a real estate company. They're a tech company that sells real estate. Mm-hmm. So they want to kind of be the next Zillow mm-hmm. and be a tech company. How will the tools that are coming up in the next, I don't know, as fast as we're going, two years, how is that going to affect your agents who, are, who still have, who put their shoes on every day right. and walk to a house when you can just about punch in the code, do a walkthrough, mm-hmm. and exit? Well, just so you know, KW is now slow, right? Their right. core uh, technology platforms are trash. They just came out with their own internal stuff, and anybody that's in the industry will tell you it's trash. I know the biggest KW agents in the world, sure. and they want him to use it, right? Yeah. There's evolution every day, right? Mm-hmm. So how does technology impact what I do? Well, the great news is the relationship always wins. Yeah, and it can't replace 100%. that. The relationship, yeah. but I might be able to have more relationships with the right technology, right? Amen. Right? So it could be social media or it could be the best CRM on the planet, right? We invest in one that, it's cost me a freaking fortune every year, but it's the best CRM on the planet. Mm-hmm. Fastest car on the road. I got it. And so those technologies help me have more relationships. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I develop a relationship with Jared, I develop a relationship with Kyle. Yeah. The relationship's there. Yeah, right. yeah. If you know, hey, man. You can call on that You got anytime. something? 
Call me. If it works and I know what you're looking for and I call you and say, dude, I got something I think might work. Let's talk about it. Okay, on the on the same along uh, same lines, you, we're all familiar with Zillow. Mm-hmm. We all can click on a property and see the Zestimate. Mm. How many times do sellers or buyers go? Well, the Zestimate says Every it's time. worth <laughs> Every time. and how inaccurate is the Zestimate? Well, it depends on where you live. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's first step back and say you ask, well, how many times does seller primarily mm-hmm. say? Well, the Zestimate said. And I said every time. That's a lie. If it's more than they thought it was worth, they'll say it every time. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> if it's right. lower, they don't ever bring up Zillow, that's right? right? But everybody looks at it. Zillow is the true marketing behemoth in real estate. Yeah. They're the, they're the true marketing guys. Do, do they sell leads? Is that how they work? Absolutely. Because every time I punch in, I've messed up a couple of times and been like, you know, it's like, hey, ask about this property. And I'll be like, send me information. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then what's crazy is the agent that listed it is not the one that calls me. Right. It's somebody from Zillow that has no clue what the hell. Well, yeah, Zillow does, they have their own, they have a, a marketing team, a, a, a follow-up team, and then they have another process where they'll give it straight to the agent. Depends on oh. which one you buy into. I, yeah, okay, because yeah. I've never got the agent directly. There's two platforms, but so Zillow, Zestimate, how accurate is it? We're in a rural market here, man. We love it. This is where we want to live. We choose to live here. We could live anywhere in this country we want to live and do what we do, but we choose to live here. Zillow in a rural market is not as accurate as, say, Zillow in a Atlanta, mm-hmm. where you can say this home and this subdivision of a 1,000 homes where there's been 100 sales in the last three months. They're all the same square footage, probably right? the same floor plan. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I do. But here, and I've had this happen before. I've had it happen with freaking appraisers from out of market. A house in this location, you go two miles in one direction, and you might be pulling comps off of a Old Mill Hill, mm-hmm. Nuri. Yeah. You go two miles the other direction, you're pulling comps out of Stillwater and Stonehaven. Yeah, it's totally different worlds. How do you, uh, you, you if you don't, you don't know the market, and so a mathematical algorithm doesn't, there's some things it can never do. Yeah. It can never look at condition of the property. It can't that's look right. at surroundings, and it can't tell you other than the radius if that's a true comp. I um, wonder if they rely on tax yes. information. Some. I mean, so I know what the, the Zestimate on my lake house is. Yeah. And it's... When I say pennies on I'll, the dollar, I'll give you a estimate. I'll give I, you a estimate for you. You better house. times it times twenty. That's <laughs> just again because the, Zillow's never been to my house since the day I bought it, and you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, and dropped it. Don't take my word for it. Zillow was using their estimate as an eye buyer. They were buying houses. That's right. If they you lost, they lost a billion dollars in one year. Yeah, and bought. then they finally came out and said, Oops. Oh, "That estimate ain't quite Oops. as accurate as we thought." I wish there was a company that did Zillow for Airbnbs. I want to look at a United States map, and all my little red dots on the map are Airbnbs that cash flow and are for sale. Is it not AirDNA? They won't do that? Mm-mm. They're, oh. not a, they're not a real estate company. They're an analytic company. So they don't do sales, but they'll, they'll tell, tell you, what, you what, what markets are hot. Gotcha. Wow. But they don't do sales. And I wish, <laughs> I wish real estate agents would actually type in the word short-term rental in their listings, right. even if it's not allowed or are allowed. Because you're, if I put welcome. in my keywords in Zillow and my only keyword is short-term rental. Nothing comes up. Everything comes up. Oh. But not all listings 
have the words in there. And right. the only way keywords work is if the agent types the words in. I think if I'm a, if I'm a real estate agent, I'm putting short-term rental in everything. Everybody wants a property that'll cash flow. Right. Right. Who doesn't? So I think if, if we could just come up with a way to sell, I'll take one. If we could just sell short-term rentals. Now, there are forums. There are uh, Airbnb groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you know, all over social media that has listings, but there's not an app yeah. that just lists short-term rentals for sale. So that's an interesting comment because what we've recently, and we're seeing more and more of this, right? In MLS now, there is a field for us to check whether it's can do an Airbnb or not. Short, is, is we call be, it short-term rentals, okay? Right. We don't call them Airbnb. Right. Is that because some a lot of places now are banning it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, But it's not a required field yet. It's in there, and I have the option to say yes or no, but it's not required. Now, there's certain fields in MLS. When I, and so you know, you know this, that... MLS is what uploads all the data right. to Zillow. That is so I would good. tell you, just hold your breath for a little bit. It's coming. It's coming. That's awesome. Wow. Sorry, wind came through. <laughs> that storm's blowing. We, st- we still look good. So okay. Right, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a five question speed round. Mm. Okay, and you're gonna come up with the last question. Wow. Good luck with that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. What'd you listen to on your way to work this morning? Country music. Who's your favorite music artist of all time? Conway Twitty. God, what the hell? What's the best book you've ever read? Oh, wow. Everything John Gordon. John Gordon. Everything John I'll have Gordon. To check. Name Who's some John of the, Gordon? I might have read uh, some. A, oh, you don't know John? He's a, a guru in positivity and positive leadership. Like a... Uh, so his John nothing, Maxwell kind of guy, uh, but better. Yeah, okay. I've, I've read all John Maxwell stuff too. Yeah. The number one book you might know by uh, John Gordon is the Energy Bus. That was that's what launched him. Hmm. Well, I have to check those out. We'll have to call John Gordon and see if he can come on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, his both his kids went to Clemson. He's from Florida. Oh, uh, we got you set that up. I might be able to reach out to him. Perfect. Awesome. Um, I got you. Go ahead, ask him one. Club Nick, he gonna pull through for us. Yes. What is it? Yes. I didn't hear the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't know. Oh, that's a, that's a sidebar conversation. Fan. No, he's a Clemson fan. Club Nick. Cade Club Nick is our quarterback this year. Uh, I couldn't tell you. The answer is yes. <laughs> we have a is quarterback. He? Okay. Is he good? He's number one recruit, wasn't he? The answer is yes. Yeah. He's from Texas. He's going to be a Trevor Lawrence. This is a, Deshaun well, Watson. Let's, let's not go. Now, Trevor's great, but he's going to be. He's good. Yeah. Uh, it could uh, be. Uh, this is what's funny. So everybody's kind of freaky. We're freaky people at Clemson. So Deshaun Watson lost four games in his entire high school career. Right. Trevor Lawrence lost two games in his entire high school career. They both started four years. Kate Klubnick lost zero games. And he's from Austin, Texas. Tell, Tex- me, tell Texas. me he's got a great team is what it tells me. Yes. Well, where he played, yeah. I mean, their stadium's bigger than Furman's and all those high school. Next question. Your favorite quote of all time. Oh, wow. Wow. It can be your own. Mm. I'll let you think on that. Give me your best movie. Oh, wow. Now, that's easy. That's tip 100% Hoosiers. That's a sports thing? Yeah, it's a basketball yeah. movie. Okay. Favorite quote. Okay. Back to favorite quote. Um, you can – and this, is, this one 
is personal. So it's uh, people in this world can take everything away from you but your good name. And the only way to lose that is by giving it away. That's a good one. Hey, how about this? Bob and Raina Walden, my parents. Mm. Yep. Pretty tight. That's a lot to think about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they, they they were pretty good people. Les, we're going to bring you on again. I can already tell that. We say that about every guest, though, because there's so it's we always only, a good time. We only hit the tip of the iceberg. I really appreciate your time and driving out here today and having a few drinks and a great conversation with us, and you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. If Y'all there's are great. anything that we can do to help you succeed or celebrate a win, hit us up and let us know. Man, we, it was fun. That's it was what fun. we love doing. It was fun. Well, when Kyle asked, I said, man, I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. Uh, it was, we were at the graduation yeah, party. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. until next time, guys, we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and anywhere you stream podcasts. See you. See you.